Today is Monday, September the 5th, 2022, and it's a great day to have a day here on the Spurs Up show, the best Gamecocks podcast on the internet. On today's show, the Gamecocks are officially 1-0 after a 35-14 win over Georgia State. Guys, I will give you guys my full thoughts. Also, my biggest takeaway from Saturday night, we'll hand out some game balls, talk slap dig of the weekend, and hand out our weekly MVP award as well. Also, news and notes to get into, your listener questions and voicemails. We have got a jam-packed show for you here on this Monday. And of course, as always, it's brought to you by our friends over at Red Fox Roofing. Guys, Red Fox Roofing is a family-owned and operated residential roofing company born and raised in the Carolinas. They're proud South Carolina Gamecock fans servicing the local Columbia, Charleston, and most of the surrounding areas. They offer free inspections for storm damage, free same-day estimates for full roof replacements, and roof certifications for people getting ready to sell their homes. Also, guys, they know how important shingle quality is when it comes to your roof. That's why they use Atlas Shingles, which is the only shingle manufacturer on the market who's partnered with 3M and has a Scotch Guard protection on their shingles. They offer a lifetime algae-resistant warranty that your roof will never have those ugly black streaks from algae buildup. Now, when it comes to the best possible pricing, they've got you covered there as well. Red Fox Roofing is willing to be any written estimate and allows financing as well. They service every home as if it was theirs, and their attention to detail and customer service is truly what sets them apart. Simply put, guys, they always leave it better than they found it. Give them a call today at 843-364-3023. That's 843-364-3023 for all of your roofing needs. You can also find them on Facebook at Red Fox Roofing. Or if you have any questions, go to their website at redfoxroof.com. That's redfoxroof.com. Be sure to check them out and tell them Chris from the Spurs Up Show sent you. Let's get it. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. is a win 
is a win. And above all else, it feels good to be 1-0. Ladies and gents, boys and girls, happy Monday. Hope you're all doing well. I'm Chris Phillips, your host of the Spurs Up Show as always, and we have got a packed show for you here on this Monday as we break down and dissect everything that happened over the weekend at Williams-Brice Stadium as the Gamecocks take down Georgia State 35-14, to but it's just not quite that simple, is it, right? There's layers in this football game. Everything that happened, and certainly yours truly, we'll dive into that in just a second. But again, appreciate you all tuning in. I hope this show does find you what I'm going to where you are, what you are doing. Happy holiday Monday, of course, with Labor Day. Some of you probably enjoying the extended weekend, gearing up to watch even more football tonight. Again, guys, if you're tuning in to us here on this Labor Day, thank you so much for making us a part of your holiday weekend. And uh, truly to appreciate each and every single one of you guys that's where I want to start before we dive into everything I just want to stop and express my gratitude and say thank you to you all um game day was incredible right beyond just the football game that took place obviously for TSUS and the business and we were out at Seawells the the tailgate was a massive success as I expected but you know moving the merchandise and, and and I talked about before you know one of my favorite parts if not my favorite part at this point of game day whether it be baseball basketball but certainly football right just due to the mass number of people that are there but having the opportunity to you know that I'm someone that you know we 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 interact with a lot of you guys on social media and I talk to a ton of you and we'll talk ball and you guys show love and support and you you know you show off the merchandise on your story or on Twitter or whatever social media platform it is and and we get to interact back and forth through DMs and all that good stuff but I'm someone that still, I feel like there's a lot of value in a handshake, right? And, and seeing someone face to face and having that interaction and being able to, me being able to say thank you to you in person. And so, you know, Saturday, getting to meet so many of you, those of you rocking the merchandise and just people that rock with the business and rock with the content and rock with everything we do and and uh, and feeling the love, man. That, that, that overall... I felt the love so immensely on Saturday. Um, Again, we moved a ton of merch. Thank you all so much who bought towels and koozies. I appreciate y'all again showing love on the merchandise side of the business. I saw so many people rocking the Beamer Ball stuff, the Beamer Rattler stuff, TSUS merch, all kinds of merchandise, right? Not even just those pieces. I saw so many people rocking the merchandise, um, obviously my guy, Connor, shout out to Connor in the big cock club who bought a Beamer ball towel and was the one that was featured on ESPN holding up the towel. What a night for Beamer ball, by the way, we'll get into that more in just a second. Uh, obviously somebody at Gamecock walk, it got featured on Gamecock football's video of the Gamecock walk, Shane Beamer pointing to the towel, which is a picture that I'm probably going to get framed and put up here in the studio um, I, I just want to say again, man, thank y'all so much. Th- thank y'all so much. You know, we, 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 we tend to, as human beings, we get so caught up in the hustle and bustle and, and staying present moment though, and focusing on the task at hand and the next task at hand. And, you know, when you really take a moment to slow down and think about how cool, how cool all this is, man, it, it is, it is, I find myself struggling to put it all into words and, and I just cannot say thank y'all enough, man. I, I tell you, it's, I mean, I'm I'm trying not to get emotional. I mean, it really is. It really is special. I mean, what what is happening right now with business? It, it it it's it's extremely special. And again, I just can't say thank y'all enough, man. It's 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 a blessing beyond measure. It's a blessing beyond words. I was getting so many texts Saturday night and 
Again, obviously, my guy Connor got featured on the on the scoreboard. And then, like I said, on ESPN, and my phone was blowing up with people being like, hey, there's Beamer Ball. There's the Spurs Up show there. And, and it's just it's just so awesome. And the fact that we're able to put out value through merchandise and through different creative avenues. And, and again, meeting you all face-to-face and, and you guys showing love. And I just want to let you all know, man, I, I really do appreciate that. I, I really do appreciate that. It fuels me. It, it is it is so cool to know that people rock with the business and the brand and the content and the merch and everything to that level. And, man, I, I just – I can't say thank you enough. I truly can't, man. So I, I just wanted to stop and say thank you so much, and I appreciate it. And, you know, I, I know the game, which we're about to get into in just a second, didn't exactly go maybe exactly how we wanted. But uh, Saturday was a magical day, man. Magical day, magical night, um, incredible weekend in the city of dreams. I cannot wait to get back for the Gamecocks game against Georgia. Um, speaking of Beamer Ball, guys, of course, Beamer Ball to the moon. What a night. What a night for Beamer Ball and the merch and the brand and the business and everything else. Speaking of Beamer Ball, though, in case you missed this last season, we are bringing it back. When the Gamecocks win, you win. If you love our merchandise over at TSUS.store, whenever South kind of wins, we're going to do all merchandise 15% off until Monday night at midnight. So again, whenever you're hearing this, you have until tonight at midnight on this Monday, you've got until tonight at midnight to go to the store, use the promo code BEAMERBALL to get 15% off your entire purchase. So again, it's a great deal. You can get some money off. You can buy your merchandise, what have you. And like I said, guys, after the game on Saturday night, BEAMERBALL is alive and well in Columbia, South Carolina. So get your merch right now, Beamer Ball, Beamer Rattler. Get your towels. We're shipping out towels. We're shipping out koozies. We'll also have those on hand at every single home game at Seawells, the same exact setup we had for the Georgia State game of the weekend. So, But again, want to let you all know, TSUS.store, 15% off your merch using promo code BEAMERBALL. And guys, finally, we have set our first watch party of the 2022 football season. We actually dropped the entire schedule over the weekend. But this upcoming weekend, of course, Gamecocks travel to Fayetteville to take on Arkansas. I know many of you are going on that road trip, and I would say safe travels and bring us home a W. But for those of you who cannot make it, especially my upstate Gamecocks, I am very excited to announce we will be throwing our first watch party of this 2022 season at Carolina Ale House in downtown Greenville, which is an incredible location. We had the watch party for East Carolina there last year. was an absolute blast. I know all of our upstate Gamecocks, Greenville Gamecocks, my Greenville Gamecock Club folks, shout out to all of you. You know who you are. Um, I know they'll all be there, man. Every time we've thrown an event in Greenville, it has been an incredible turnout, and I know this will be the same because, again, guys, we need to bring the heat, bring the noise. Uh, also, I'll have towels and koozies on hand for sale at the watch party so if you have not gotten yours yet you can do so at that watch party saturday in the upstate in downtown greenville so really excited all the details are on social media again carolina ale house downtown greenville doors open at 11 kickoff is at noon i will be there at 11 o'clock sharp setting up so let's do the damn thing gonna be a really good time all right let's go ahead and dive into this thing Gamecocks take down Georgia State 35 to 14. And the bottom line is this we're one and up. Let me just say this, okay? Let me say this. Because if you just looked at this score, if you would have told me a week ago to the date, Chris, 
South Carolina is going to beat Georgia State by 21 points. 35 to 14 will be the final. I would have been giddy, right? I would have been giddy. I would have been ecstatic. However, if I then would have watched the game and seen just how it happened, my, my tone, my emotions, my thoughts on the game probably would have been a little bit different. So let me go ahead and just put this out there. If we got any new listeners out there, by the way, if you are someone that you just want the garnet glasses, sunshine and rainbows view of everything, this is probably not the show for you. This is probably not the entity that's best going to suit what you are looking for. However, if you're someone that wants to see and as much as it can be unbiased or just a, I won't even say that, just a realistic view, right? No garnet glasses, just seeing it for what it is, then you've come to the right place. And the majority of you listening, you already know that. But but let me say this. Big Bad Chris is not here on this Monday to tell you, God, we're just terrible, we suck. Because there were positives, right, from Saturday night. There were positives. I went back and watched the highlights, watched the game, all that good stuff. There were a lot of positives to take away from this football game. When you look at the offensive side, hey, we'll start Marshawn Lloyd. Right, Marshawn Lloyd, I think, looks healthy. He looks shifty. He looked quick. He's most certainly RB1. I am very encouraged and excited for what this season will hold for him. Hey, how about Jalen Brooks? Welcome back to Carolina football. Having, what, 88 yards receiving, I believe, was his total? Uh, yeah, four catches for 88 yards. Had that fantastic catch down the sideline. You know, uh, Antoine Wells, seven catches. Obviously going to be somebody who's very involved. In the offense, we saw the versatility of Jaheim Bell with him being your leading ball carrier, seven, seven carries for 39 yards, right? And then on the defensive side, it was shoddy early. I'm not going to lie to you. I was a little bit nervous. I was nervous early, right, with that first drive and the way they were just running up the middle on you. But I thought the defensive line took over what we expected from the D-line this season. It should be a strength. I thought they took over as the game progressed. I thought the linebackers were flying around. Hey, Debo Williams is a guy. I will go ahead right now and eat my hat because I had questioned him all throughout the preseason. I thought he looked great in that football game Saturday night, flying around the football. Brad Johnson was flying around. Mokaba, a much maligned group in the linebackers, I thought played well. And then secondary, listen. Did they benefit from a quarterback that was not great? Most certainly they did. But all in all, I think the secondary played as we expect. And again, they are a strength of that defense, no doubt. Cam Smith doing Cam Smith things. Marcellus Dial with the pick. And again, we'll get into that more in just a second. You win by 21 points. You feel like we should be doing cartwheels here on this Monday, right? And of course, by the way, I don't want to leave out the positives of Beamer Ball, the two-block punts, Mitch Jeter. It wasn't all bad. It wasn't all negative on Saturday night. I want to make that very clear. But I also want to make this PSA. You are not a bad fan. I, I'd argue you're a rational fan. If you're sitting here on this Monday and you feel, you feel uneasy about that 21-point victory over the weekend, you're not a bad fan. By the way, you're a rational fan. If you're sitting here on this Monday and you felt like, there were things left to be desired, right, from that football game, okay? By the way, I didn't even mention in, in the positive, Spencer Rattler, his immense talent, his arm talent on the run, thought he looked incredible. We saw that, okay? 
But we've talked for months. We've talked for six, seven, eight months, guys. Ever since the Mayo Bowl concluded and we started looking ahead of this 2022 season, we've talked about it's about the way you win this season, right? Most all of us, if not all of us, have been realistic in our expectations. Seven and five. I've said eight and four. Some have said six and six, right? The six to eight win range, we've all been fairly realistic. Okay. And I, I feel like the hype and the expectations, while they were, while they were very high coming in this season opener, were not over the top. I don't think most people expected us to score 50 points. But I said this Saturday night, and I will say it again. What what just blows my mind is that for months. And months and months, Marcus Satterfield, Greg Adkins, this offensive line themselves, they can hear throughout the entire preseason how abysmal they are and how terrible they were last year and how they are the weak link and they are the deficiency of this entire football team. They are the thing. That if South Carolina underachieves, they will be solely to blame. They've heard that for seven, dare I say, eight months. That's all we've heard and that's all we've talked about. Talking heads like me who have gone on record, graded them a D-plus coming into this season. They hear all that chatter and still cannot take it upon themselves to do better than giving up three sacks and producing 79 rushing yards against Georgia State. Guys, I I sit here on this Monday a a bit mind-blown, honestly. I I sit here a a bit befuddled, uh, uh, struggling to find the words. Hey, tip your cap to Georgia State. Tip your cap to Sean Elliott and the Panthers. That's a good football team. No doubt they're a good football team. They will give people hell this year. Hey, they got UNC this weekend. That spread's only 10. Wouldn't shock me if Georgia State found a way to beat them. Okay? And again, you cover the 12-and-a-half-point spread. You win this football game by 21. You say, you know, how could you not be satisfied with that? 14 offensive points, guys. I mean, the offense looked abysmal. It looked abysmal. Call it for what it is. And I think what's what's so tough for us all to stomach. I mean, again, I, I just don't get the people that just want to say, well, we, you know, wins a win and you should just be happy and you're a bad fan if you're complaining about it. I'm ecstatic we're one and zero. I'm giddy that we're one and zero. But is there not a standard and expectation of how we win and how we play? Like, having to resort to a fake field goal and two blocked punts. Shout out Pete Limbo, Shane Beamer. Hey, Beamer ball, great night for the brand, as I said. But special teams saved your ass. And, guys, here's why people are feeling a bit uneasy today. Here's why folks might not be feeling, uh, you know, want to do cartwheels on this Monday over the victory. Here's why. 
you can carry offense, you can carry defense each and every single week in your entire schedule throughout your entire season, right? You can bank on those things for the most part. You're not going to bump, you're not going to block two punts a weekend. You're not going to do it. It's not going to happen, right? This is the exception, not the rule. And I understand there's three facets to the game, offense, defense, and special teams. But when your special teams accounts on the way they did Saturday night, it just leaves a lot to be desired, right? Hey, a football team's greatest improvement comes between week one and week two. That's what you got to hope for. It's just hard to wrap my brain around. Hey, thank goodness for Spencer Rattler's pure talent. Thank goodness. I, I had some folks telling me, Chris, Spencer Rattler's not the guy. Guys, without Spencer Rattler's pure ability, we wouldn't have stood a chance in that game. Couldn't run the football. Couldn't get a consistent push. Yet again, I think that is what's so maddening for people, too. And that is what's so disappointing. Was the hype unfair? I, I don't know. I guess that's up for debate. But the fact that you come into week one, and guys, you can give Georgia State all the credit you want until you're blue in the face. But the fact of the matter is this. We came into last season and couldn't get a push against EIU. And we wrote it off as, oh, well, you know, it's just game one jitters and it's game one and, you know, we're just rusty. And guess what happened? The O-line never really got better. There were struggles week to week to week throughout the entire season. And so, again, we knew going through the course of the offseason and the preseason, hey, the offensive line, they're the biggest question mark. You had six months to get ready for this football game, and you come out, and what do you know? The offensive line still stinks. I mean, it, it's just and, – and you can set you, – you can make every excuse in the book you want. It's week one. It's just – guys, we're talking about a group that has 129 combined starts. The entire 2D potential. There are no game one jitters for this unit, right? I will say again, the play of Spencer Rattler, watching the highlights back again today, or excuse me, yesterday, watching the highlights back, he is elite on the move. He is elite rolling out of the pocket, and that arm strength is something serious. I mean, that dude's a big-time talent. Here's the problem, though. The guy was on the move and out of the pocket 75% of the time because he had no time to throw. And again, forgive us all if we are a bit concerned that Georgia State is getting through the line so freely. If you're frustrated by this conversation, guys, you're not frustrated with me. You're frustrated with the product on the field. I am simply reflecting what happened on Saturday night. Now, with all that being said, nobody, and I mean nobody, is throwing in the towel on this season. Again, football teams make their greatest improvement from week one to week two. Any coach will tell you that. But I tell you what, if that offensive line play, if it continues to linger, if it continues to be same old, same old, like we saw last year and like we saw Saturday night, that looked like a six-win football team to me. If that. If that. Because you talk about all these weapons you got on offense and, oh, we're trying to be like the L.A. Rams on the offensive side. I mean, listen, I wasn't expecting Carolina to put up 50 points Saturday night, but I was expecting a better offensive performance than what we got. And I don't think that's unfair at all. I think that's actually very reasonable. Again, you, you feel good to be 1-0, right? You're happy to be 1-0. 
and take down Georgia State. But, guys, we preached for months how you win. If you've been paying attention to my content, you know I've said that more than one time. It's about how you win. How you win. That's what's important. This is not baseball. This is not the NFL where, you know, a win's a win's a win, and it's just good enough. Like, style points matter. And I will not apologize. I will not apologize for having a standard of, hey, I just don't want my team to look dysfunctional. I don't want my team to look like the bad news bears out there. Like, let's raise the level of expectation when it comes to this offense. You've got the most talented quarterback to ever step foot on campus, right? You added all these weapons. You upgraded at every single position. There's just no excuse for it. I mean, guys, Jaheim Bell was your leading rusher. Seven carries for 39 yards. You ran for 2.5 yards per carry. I mean, it is it is just exactly what we saw a season ago. But you know what? I, I, I kick myself. I laugh at myself because I say, Chris, why did you expect any differently? Why did you expect any differently? It's the same group of guys up front. And I just don't understand how that group of five, that, that entire 2D, all those guys in that room, that offensive line, how could they hear the chatter all preseason and not take it upon themselves to play a better game than they did on Saturday night? It, it, it's just it's just hard for me to wrap my brain around. I will say this. I know many of you asked, Chris, what about Satterfield? What are your thoughts on Marcus Satterfield, the Gamecocks OC? You know, it's funny. I, I look at Sat a lot like I looked at Mark Kingston during the baseball season in, in, in this way. The expectations are very clear-cut. They are very well-established for Marcus Satterfield. If this offense doesn't meet a certain expectation and a certain standard, he will not be here. He will not be here next season, right? And again, I, I am not, after one game, going to call for Marcus Satterfield's job. I'm not doing it right now. A lot of football to be played. Okay, and, and so a lot of you are hearing all this banter and this conversation. And you just can't believe how I'm going on this rant about, well, Chris, we won the game by 21. Again, I know that, guys. I'm happy. I'm happy that we won the football game. I really am. But I'm disgusted in some aspects in the way in which we did it. Three for 14 on third down. 306 total yards, guys. I mean, listen, give Georgia State all their credit. Here is the biggest issue right now that some of us may have, and we'll see if it comes true. Again, how big of a jump does this football team make? Because, guys, here's the thing. If we're sitting here a week from today and Carolina has somehow beaten Arkansas, ain't none of us going to give a damn how it looked or how we did it or how we beat Georgia State. All we're going to care about is that we're 2-0 and and we got the dogs coming to Willie B. But here's why I'm frustrated, okay? That effort Saturday night was good enough to beat Georgia State. Great. Awesome. You won by 21. That's not why I'm frustrated. I'm frustrated because it's the same lingering issues we saw from last year. And we all know, we all know what's going to happen if those issues continue into Arkansas and Georgia and Kentucky and Texas A&M and the rest of your SEC slate and Clemson. And the fact that it's the same issues and they somehow, some way, I mean, guys, you could argue the offensive line looked worse than it did last year. So, so it's a very uh, – there's layers to this, right? It's, it's very complex. 
Because not normally do I feel like I'm going on this type of rant after a victory, but I'm more so doing this out of almost like internally. I, 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 you know, I don't know if players or any coaches listen to the show, but as a challenge, as a challenge, like we should expect the offense to be better. Spare me the, it was game one bullshit. There are other teams that come into their week one and they perform and they put up a bunch of points and they play good football. Guess what? It was game one for Georgia State too. I mean, you couldn't push the damn Panthers around. How are you going to go push Arkansas around? How are you going to push Georgia around or even hold your own at all? Because Georgia looks like they're on a totally different planet than everybody else. Right? I just, again, it comes back to how you win. And special teams, if I'm doing my math correctly, accounted for, what, 19 points? I mean, guys, it, it would, it would, either way, it would have been a one-score game had you not blocked two punts. A lot to be desired. You you can feel this way. You can be happy with the win while also feeling like there was a lot left to be desired on Saturday night, especially, again, whether the hype was fair or unfair. The hype was natural, guys. When you add a guy like Spencer Rattler and you add a record setter at the FCS level in Antoine Wells and you've got a Jaheim Bell preseason all-conference player coming back and, and you've got a Josh Van who led your team in receiving yards coming back and, you know, you've got Austin Stogner at tight end and you've got an offensive line that's full of veterans. Like, yeah, the hype for the offense, it, it, was, it was normal. It's been normal. I, I don't think it's been – again, most of us have said, hey, this offense should be able to score 30 points per game. That's not an unreasonable or unfair expectation, right? On the flip side, again, because I don't want you guys to just think I'm just looking at the negatives. I'm not being negative. I'm just reflecting you that the offense was dog shit. And if you disagree, we didn't watch the same game. Hey, defensively, the defense will be a strength this year. I, I, I Clayton White, Torian Gray, Jimmy Lindsey, that entire crew, Sterling Lucas, um, you know, it's not a perfect defense. You know, again, I think we somewhat in the secondary benefited from uh, the quarterback Granger. He went seven for 29, 111 yards, one touchdown and one interception. Uh, he, he was not very accurate, not a great passer of the football, but I feel confident in that group. I, I really don't have worries going week to week about them. Uh, again, there will be some some tougher matchups and some tougher challenges where, you know, there might be some busts in coverage. But overall, I, they're not a problem area by any means for me, not even close. Uh, I was impressed with the linebackers. Like I said, the linebackers probably played a little bit better than I expected. And the run defense even was better than I expected. You know, Georgia State got a lot of their rushing yards uh, later in the game after the game was out of hand. The Gamecocks had softened up a little bit on their defense. So, all in all, defense, thumbs up. Got no problem with the way the defense played. I'm happy about the defense. Again, I think the defense, as I talked about in the preseason, they'll be a strength this year. They'll be a strength this year. I don't see the defense losing us I want to say any, but I'll say not a lot of football games. I don't think the defense, I don't know there's going to be many outings we look back and say, oh, man, just we didn't have it defensively. You know, we lost in a shootout. I think the defense is going to bring it to play each and every single week. Maybe that's also what makes it so frustrating and so maddening, right? Is that you have that defense and, and your offense. Uh, just after months and months and months of preparation, looking so dysfunctional looking so dysfunctional, and it all starts with the offensive line. Guys, we will never see the full potential of this Gamecocks offense or any Gamecocks offense until we can block consistently. That's it.
That, that's what it comes down to. It's still a line of scrimmage game. It is a line of scrimmage league. And I tell you guys, again, I'm not going to sit here and pretend like I'm some expert on offensive line play. And it's, it's, a, it's a much more it's a much more complex thing, right? Like you really need to speak to guys who have played on the offensive line to really understand. But when I when I look at the game Saturday night, happy to be 1-0, ecstatic. The Gamecocks are 1-0 off to a positive start on this season. But I, I tell you, I don't know if I've ever left a game where we won by 21 points and felt less satisfied. And, and, I'm, and I'm really not trying to be like impossible to please. But but guys, again, I just feel like there were a lot of folks. There might be a lot of folks out there that it's like that they just don't want to face the harsh realities and the harsh truths. And again, I would just say this: anybody else who feels that way, it's not because we're not happy that the Gamecocks won by twenty-one. That's not why we're feeling the way we are today. We're feeling the way we are today because we know that effort isn't even remotely good enough, even remotely good enough to reach any of the expectations that were set on this football team in the preseason. I mean, God bless the 10-2 and two folks that were out and about leading up, the weeks leading up to kickoff. God bless you all. God bless the 9-3 and three folks. I mean, truly, truly, if you watched that game over the weekend and you feel like that's a 9-3 and three football team, I got some oceanfront property in Omaha, Nebraska. I'd love to sell you. I mean, truly. And, hey, that's not an indictment on the entire season. This is a football team, as we talked in the preseason, guys. I fully expect will get better. They better, but they will get better from week one to week 13. But on the flip side, I, I just, I just, man, I, I, <laughs> I just can't believe what I saw. I cannot believe what I watched. I cannot believe – I didn't think the offensive line was going to be elite this year. I didn't think they were going to make any unrealistic strides by any means. But, man, I expected a whole lot better than 300 yards of offense and and 79 rushing yards against Georgia freaking state. And if that makes me, you know, oh, my God, he's so negative, then you know what? To hell with it, you know, to hell with it. I will not apologize for having some expectations of a quarterback that was that was listed as, you know, a guy that potentially in the Heisman race and you add this guy, you add that guy, and an offensive line with a bunch of veterans. I mean, ain't nobody out here asking for anything unrealistic. We're just asking for some guys to block. That's all we're asking for. That's all we're asking for. So improvements got to be made. Feels good to be 1-0. Feels good to be 1-0. 21-point victory, and, and hey, shout out. To the special teams, shout out to Beamer Ball, shout out to Pete Limbo, Mitch Jeter, folks. We have found our kicker. I mean, that's really what we should be spending all day today talking about. That's what we should be spending all day today talking about is thank God for the special teams. Thank goodness for them. Um, dude, I mean, Mitch Jeter hitting two kicks over 50. My goodness, son, have a freaking debut as the starting kicker. And then, again, Beamer Ball, man, just the two block punts. And, and we talked all preseason, again, how special teams for a football team like South Carolina that's trying to overachieve, right, winning in that facet of the football game, winning in that facet, making big plays. Guys, you can look at the statistics. When you block a punt, when you block a field goal, when you have a return for a touchdown, your odds of winning just absolutely skyrocket. And you saw that on Saturday night, just the way that it can change a game. So all in all, again, happy to be 1-0. and 
but so much left to be desired, right? Especially when you factor in all the hype and all the momentum and all the excitement, all the energy leading up into Saturday night. You know what it goes to show, guys? Hype don't win football games. I, I just, I hate to be that guy and pop the balloon, but it doesn't. You got to go out and execute. You got to go out and make plays. All that talk, all that talking season, it don't mean anything when you get under them lights and in between them white lines. You got to go make plays. You got to go execute, and it's got to get better. Let's move into my biggest takeaway from Saturday night. And the takeaway is simply this. And, and you know what? I will not come down on any Gamecock fan that wants to give criticism to Marcus Satterfield, to Greg Adkins, and to the offensive line. Because you know what? We have tried and tried and tried to give the benefit of the doubt that this unit will be better. We have. I've literally said all preseason, they can't be worse. And lo and behold, I would argue Saturday night, they were worse. They were literally worse, which feels Hard to do. So I'm going to just go ahead and say it until I'm proven otherwise, guys. My biggest takeaway from Saturday night, the offensive line is just still abysmal. The offensive line is garbage. And I hope people are hearing me. I hope they are. Because if you don't like being called garbage, if you don't like being told you suck, then go out and prove otherwise. Go out and prove otherwise. But the offensive line, until proven otherwise, is trash. And we will have to win in spite of it. Week after week after week. Now, that's not to say that this line probably won't have a good game this year. And, you know, I'm sure they're going to have an outing or two or we run for a buck 50 or or 200 or we'll have a Florida game like we had last year. And it'll make us feel all warm and fuzzy inside. But over the grand, you know, over in, in the grand scheme of things, you know, over the course of this entire season, we thought that this line might have made a jump year two of the scheme, steady hand at quarterback. There were a lot of reasons to feel like this offensive line would be better. And I know it's just one game, guys. I know it's just one game. But you know what? We ignored it after week one last year and said, well, just chalk it up to game one. Not everybody's on the same page. I'm not doing that again. So I'm sorry, guilty until proven innocent. My biggest takeaway, the offensive line's still abysmal. And, and until proven otherwise, again, I'll go into Arkansas. And if it's still bad, then I'll go into Georgia. And I'll just keep going. We are going to have to win in spite of the line. That's just, it is what it is. Hey, we just all, maybe we just all need to accept the offensive line is just not good. They're just not good. The blocking is not going to be good. We need to scheme around a piss-poor offensive line. That's it. We need to scheme around not having a running game. And you want to talk about Rattler. You want to talk about this skill player. Listen, I thought Spencer Rattler, again, like I mentioned, I thought he did all he could do. I, I really did. Um, thank God for his scrambling ability. Thank goodness for his, his his arm talent. Thank goodness just for his overall ability as a quarterback and as a passer. Because without it, we'd have been screwed. We, we'd have been done for, Right. The the you know the one interception obviously going off the receiver's hands not his fault and then the other hey he looks back at that he's gonna wish he just dumped it off had Juju right in front of him made a bad decision tried to squeeze it in there took a risk and he paid for it okay but overall I mean you could see it you could see why he was such a highly sought after guy I mean the throw down the sideline of Jalen Brooks thing of beauty right loved the play actions rolling out to the right and um you know hitting guys on the out patterns. Love that. I mean, again, you can see the arm talent. He is a natural passer of the football. 
it just all begins and ends with the offensive line. And, and I, guys, I get tired of talking about it. You get tired of hearing about it. But it is what it is. It, it, it is the thing standing in this team's way from being a very average team to being a surprise good, maybe an eight or nine win football team. It literally is the thing standing in the way because you can see the potential, I think, guys. On the flip side, on the bright side, you can see the potential of this offense. You can, watching guys like Antoine Wells haul in seven catches, right? Hey, Josh Van did not have his best game. He'd tell you that. I'll tell you that. He did not have his best football game, right? Had that bad drop in the middle of the field. I don't know what was going on. I think Josh Van will bounce back. Stogner, I still believe in, will be a weapon for this football team. Jaheim Bell, still believe in, he'll be a weapon for this football team. Heck, you saw them using him out of the backfield. He's going to be a versatile playmaker for you. Jalen Brooks, obviously what he did, uh, had an incredible game for you. Maybe he's stepping up out of that group we mentioned of, you know, Brown, Joyner, Brooks, and Leggett, and he's going to be a big-time guy for you. Marshawn Lloyd doing what he did. Juju McGow, there are enough pieces on this offensive side I'm not expecting you to score 50 a game, be one of the top offenses in college football, but there are enough pieces to be a very productive offense and complement your defense and go win eight or nine games. But it all comes down to them five guys up front, man. It just, and teams, guess what? Arkansas has got the film. Georgia's going to have the film. Everybody's going to have the film and everybody's going to attack this South kind of offensive line. And again, guys, I reiterate it yet again, because I know there's probably going to be so many people that hear my commentary this week. Listen, I'm going to hurt some feelings this week. I'm going to hurt some feelings because I'm going to call it. I see it. I, I think this football team needs a challenge. If you're patting this football team on the back after that performance, I'm sorry. You and I have different expectations for what we were looking for on Saturday night. What did I tell you I was looking for? I wanted to see a team that was in control start to finish, took care of the football, played efficiently, and got a push on the line of scrimmage, specifically on the offensive side. We won by 21. Cool. But how did we win? That's what matters. How did we win? It was smoke and mirrors, man. It was a smoke and mirrors 21-point victory. I don't give a damn if your parlay hit because we covered 12 and a half. I don't give a damn. How we win, how we won that football game, that's where I'm concerned. That's where I think the problem is. So, yeah, I'm happy to be 1-0. Ecstatic. Truly, I am. It's much better than being 0-1, right? We're having a lot more fun today, which I don't know, calling this fun. Some of you might not think this is fun, but we're having a lot more fun today than if we were 0-1. But damn it, I, I won't apologize for expecting more than 14 points from this revamped, retooled offense that added all these playmakers over the course of the offseason. And you shouldn't be either. You shouldn't apologize for it either. But that don't make you a bad fan. You want to see more, you expect more, and hey, they'll have an opportunity. That's the beautiful part about it. We are 1-0 with an opportunity this weekend. But my biggest takeaway, guys, the offensive line is just trash. And maybe we just need to accept it. Maybe we just need to accept the fact, hey, this is who they are. The offensive line is who we thought they were. Not very good. They're just not very good. They're one of the worst units in the SEC, and they're just limited. They're just limited talent-wise. Each one of them five guys, all seven, eight, nine, ten of those, they're just limited. And that's why we're recruiting so hard in the trenches. But until proven otherwise, hey, it'd be different if it was just one game, if this was the first game of last year, right? Oh, brand new coaching staff, new system, new OC, everything. It, it, it was different. 
But now, what's the excuse? I mean, what is the excuse? Anyways, great win. I don't want to lose sight of that. Great win. You're 1-0. Improvement from week one to week two. Shane Beamer went on his Sunday night presser and said, hey, the offensive woes and issues, they're not really as bad as people are making them out to be. That's fine. Cool. Say that. Let's see the improvement because we've got to see massive, and I mean massive, improvement from week one to week two, and it all starts up front. Guys, let's hand out some game balls. We'll switch up, you know, and I, I just, I want to stop and make this make this statement as well, guys. Like, I, I didn't come into this show thinking, like, let's just be negative today. Let's just be negative, negative, negative. But unfortunately, the offensive line issues, it overshadows everything else that happened, right? It overshadows everything else that happened on Saturday night. Because again, you come out of that game, we're all happy leaving the ball game, winning by 21. But I know many of you that are tuned in this show felt like I did, this uneasy feeling of like, man, happy we got the dub, but whew, we got a long way to go. <laughs> I mean, like, how else could you feel? How else could you feel? Right? So again, be grateful. Be thankful for the fact we're 1-0. Georgia State, quality football team. Sean Elliott had them ready to play. Hey, it went sort of as I predicted. I was only a point off of my score prediction, by the way. Right? Had 34-14. Gamecocks win 35-14. But how you win. There are many things that have to get fixed, that have to get adjusted. And it's just, honestly, it's just disappointing that this team offensively looked the way it did on Saturday night. But the beautiful thing is this, you'll get an opportunity to correct it and show us something different this weekend. Again, let's hand out some game balls. I just wanted to throw that out there. And again, I can't wait to break this down and dissect it with you guys all week long. Game balls, Jalen Brooks. What a game from Jalen returning um, to Gamecocks football. Four catches for 88 yards. I mean, honestly, man, like he didn't miss a beat to me. I, I thought he looked incredible. Uh, you know, out of that, like I mentioned, I, you know, you feel like Wells and Van are going to be your top two guys. I will say that's another question mark coming out of week one is, who is wide receiver one? I mean, really, truly, Josh Van did not play like a true number one option, right? Antoine Wells, seven catches for 55 yards, a lot of those on those swing passes, which I don't know. Marcus Satterfield loves swing passes. I mean, this dude – loves swing passes more than anything, right? More than anybody loves anything, right? Seven catches, but I don't know that you came out of week one and said, oh, that guy right there, he's the undisputed week one. Jalen Brooks, again, performed well. Out of that group of guys you need to see outside of Wells and Van that weren't getting the hype they were, Jalen Brooks looked great. They thought he did not miss a beat. So we're handing a game ball to Jalen Brooks. Also going give to give a game ball to Marcellus Dial, the big turnover on defense. Of course, the interception uh, to really put the thing away and seal it in the end. Also had three tackles, but the interception, hey, you get a turnover, you get a game ball. And then finally, of course, guys, Mitch Jeter. What a game for Mitch. Uh, nailing the two field goals. Uh, what were the what were the, uh, the, this, the distances? 53 and 51. How about your first field goal made on the season? Being 53 yards. And, dude, he could have made it from 60. Guy had plenty of leg. Um, you know, I, I thought he looked great. Thought he looked great. Uh, and, and kicker was certainly a big question mark after you lose a Parker White. Fantastic start to his season. So those throw those three guys get game balls. Congratulations to those three gentlemen. Uh, guys, let's move into slap dick of the weekend. And for the first time ever, I think this will be the first time we have co slap dicks 
of the weekend. And, and I'll be quick because I'm tired of beating a dead horse, but uh, co-slap dicks of the weekend, Marcus Satterfield and Greg Atkins. That performance we saw on Saturday night, I think it speaks for itself why they get it. Marcus Satterfield, Greg Atkins, co-slap dicks of the weekend. Guys, let's move into our weekly MVP award. And of course, you might recall last year, the name of this award was the Cock of the Walk Award. Well, this year, it's got a new name. And this one might surprise you because I was so anti this name for the Gamecocks mascot. But for a podcast MVP award, I feel like it is a perfect fit. So the new name for our weekly MVP award for this 2022 football season is officially titled the Cock Commander Award. How about it? Cock Commander, the Cock Commander Award. And this week's Cock Commander Award goes to special teams coach Pete Limbo. And again, I feel like this is very self-explanatory. The successful fake field goal, you had two blocked punts, and special teams, beamer ball. Special teams are what won you that football game. I, I mean, really, truly saved you, bailed you out. Hey, guys, it's a team game. Sometimes you win with offense. Sometimes you win with defense. And sometimes, sometimes, very rarely, but sometimes, special teams takes over and saves the day. So congratulations to Pete Limbo. Fantastic job by the Gamecock special teams. And he is the winner of the first Cock Commander Award for the 2022 football season. So guys, that's my full thoughts, my full takeaways, and my full recap on the Gamecocks 35-14 to win over the Georgia State Panthers. And I love to hear from you all. What are your thoughts on the game, your biggest takeaways? Uh, how are you feeling here on this Monday after that victory? But again, most importantly, a win is a win is a win, and South Carolina is 1-0 Thank goodness for that, and that's more than, hey, some folks can say after this opening weekend of college football. Uh, guys, let's get into our news and notes and then your listener questions, and we will get out of here. Uh, and we have just one note, of course. The opening spread for South Carolina, Arkansas has officially been released. The Gamecocks by, you know, in a surprise to some, have been released as an eight-point underdog in the game in Fayetteville. And I will tell you, somebody asked me right after our game last night, hey, Chris, what are you projecting the spread to be? I, I thought Arkansas would be a double-digit favorite. I thought they'd be 12, 12 and a half, something like that. So to see the spread open at eight, and I understand, hey, Arkansas, I I'll be honest, I was not able to catch a ton of their game against Cincinnati, but they got thrown all over, maybe did not look great, won that game by seven, plus seven and a half for Cincinnati cashes, by the way. But, uh, you know, they looked beatable, right, on their home field. But still, when you look at the way South kind of played, and again, I'll say this, guys. You know what's been ringing in my head? You know what's been ringing in my head all day? Things are never as good as they seem, and things are never as bad as they seem, right? So I want to make it very, very clear, because I feel like today I was very harsh on this show. And I want to make it very clear, though. This football team is going to get better. This offense is going to look better than it did Saturday night. This offense is going to have some much, much more fun games than what happened on Saturday night. So I'm trying to keep that in perspective 
that this team most likely will and most certainly can make a major jump from week one to week two. And obviously, we'll talk much, much more about this Arkansas game later in the week. But still, it's just on the flip side, it's like, man, I didn't expect the bar to be set that low out of the gate. I really didn't. But either way, Arkansas opening up as an eight-point favorite. There's already been some movement in that one on that line. Going to be really interesting to talk more so about that on Wednesday when we talk our best bet for that game this weekend. Guys, we got tons of questions, tons of voicemails. We're going to get into those. Before we do, though, I got to tell you about our friends over at Price Picks because, hey, yours truly won money with Price Picks, and you can too. Go download the Price Picks app. Go to PricePicks.com. Use the promo code TSUS at sign up to receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Guys, Price Picks is the simplest fantasy game on the market focused around prop total entries. Here's how it works. You pick two to five players, and you can win up to 10 times on any entry. Price Picks has no sharks, optimizers, or mass multi-entry, guys. It's literally just you against the projection, Price Picks allows mixed sport entry. So, for example, you can take the over on Spencer Rattler passing yards parlay with the under on LeBron parlay with the over on Mahomes. You could do NBA, NHL, MLB, and, of course, college sports, which is why we love Price Picks. They also have a slick, easy-to-use mobile app, both on the App Store and Google Play, and they're rated 4.8 stars in the App Store with rave reviews again guys hey let's break the bookie this football season with our friends over at prize picks go download the prize picks app go to pricepicks.com and when you do use the promo code tsus at sign up to receive a 100 instant deposit match up to 100 and again guys we appreciate our friends at prize picks their love and support of the spurs up show all right let's get into your listener questions because guys as you can imagine we have got a ton of them matthew sat 33 says mitch jeter is the GOAT, JCH. I'm just going to run through these, by the way. Is it Fire Atkins time or Fire Satterfield time? That comes from JCH 2016. I will say this. I am right now not going to be the conductor of the Fire Satterfield train. I'm going to let this thing play out a little bit further because, guys, I, I don't I don't premeditate like, well, this is going to be the date right here. If this doesn't happen by this date, I'm going to say fire this guy. I, you know, some like to, to pin me is like, that's the fire coach's guy. Well, I'm probably the only one that has the nuts to say it when it needs to happen. So, you know what? If I got to be that guy and I'll wear it, cool, I'll wear it. I ain't got no problem with that. Right now, let's see if there's an improvement from week one to week two. The expectations are very clearly set for Sat and the offense. And guess what? If it don't happen, we all know what has to happen. Okay, so just follow along, my guy. You never know. It might be this time next week. Um, uh, Christopher Gross Close, O-line is awful yet again. <clears throat> Michael Gregory one says, I'm just going to say it. How the F does Rattler have negative yards rushing? Well, when you're running for your life, my guy, it tends to happen. Uh, Jay Millwood, our O-line is not improved from last season, but a win is a win. Indeed. Wild Bryant, offensive line was rough to watch. Uh, Alex Ferrado, offensive line was underwhelming. Scott Howard, it wasn't pretty, but special teams is amazing. In the end, a dub's a dub, 1-0, go Cox. Uh, Alex Ferrado, protected too well. Are you worried about the O-line? My guy, if you listen to the show to this point, you know my answer. <laughs> um, let's see, H. Bridges. Rattler might quit before the season's over. Dude's going to get licked a thousand times. Maddie lost as the O-line. That's just it. Um, Matt Davis, offense is lacking. Got to protect Rattler. Bettler, okay, there's a lot of questions about the O-line. Austin 20, a win is a win. 
Um, B6, 499, O-line was atrocious. Rattler won't live to week three with this nonsense. Very good point. Um, Hunter 6, O-line's absolutely hor- horrid. Beamerball saved us tonight, indeed. Here we go. Tyler Gruber, Joiner not being involved in the game is absolutely crazy. I heard maybe he was dealing with some calf issue, but, guys, I just think the problem is Dak Joiner is a positionless player. He's not a quarterback. He's not a receiver. He's just an athlete. I mean, that's really all he is. So how do you use him and what do you do with him? I, it was disappointing, though, to not see him out there. Uh, Cornbread Cowboy, what's up, my guy? The guy's a legend on IG, by the way. 79 rushing yards, he says. I know, I know, bro. It, it's just more of the same from last year. I mean, literally felt like we just picked up where we left off from last season in regards to the the running game or lack thereof. Um, <clears throat> let's see. Matt Galt, O-line needs practice. Hope they aren't off today after last night's disgusting performance. Uh, the real A. Ferg, who do you think is mostly to blame for the O-line struggles? Is it coaching or lack of talent? I, I'll say this. I think there's a reason we are recruiting the trenches so hard. Guys, you know, it, it makes college fans uncomfortable, but maybe it just is the talent. I may, may, and, and, you know, I think everybody points back to 2020. Guys, 2020 feels more like a fluke with each passing day, right? 2020 was a weird year. COVID, all that BS, whatever. I think last year and what this group does this year will be a much more telling tale of who they really are than that 2020 season. I I know that's hard to wrap our brains around. It's baffling. But yeah, I mean, does coaching play into it? I mean, absolutely. They have to get responsibility. They should get criticism. That's their unit. But I, maybe the personnel is just not there. But but it, but it's just still so hard to to think that this SEC offensive line gives up three sacks and produces seventy nine rushing yards against Georgia State. It, it, you can listen. You can spin it any way you want. It's just hard to process. Um, let's see. And finally, TMAC546 says, please hold for your fans learn football. I don't know what your sentence was trying to say. He said, your knowledge of the game is terrible. TMAC, thank you so much for this question. I have one thing to say to you, sir. Pipe down, slap dick. Congratulations, TMAC546, for your slap dick question and getting that on the air. All right, let's get into a couple of voicemails, guys. I'll say this. After games, we get a ton of voicemails. So, if you want your voicemail on the air, uh, be creative because I go through and listen to them all and I basically just play my favorite. So let's go through here. I got them pulled up. Uh, we'll start with our guy, James Glover here. We'll start with James Glover. Hey, James Glover. And I want to say, why in the world are we playing like hot garbage against Georgia State? We're supposed to put up 40 to nothing to them. Why in the world is this happening? Thank you, and have a good day. You know what I love about these voicemails? The pure emotion that folks have, because this is literally like right after the game. Um, James, listen, man. I feel your pain. I understand. Again, win's a win's a win. We're 1-0. So much left to be desired. And the way it happened and how abysmal it looked on the offensive side was not fun to watch. By the way, before we go any further, shout out to the Clemson guy that called in at 2 a.m. and left us a four-minute voicemail 
telling me how bad South Carolina is, how bad I am. People should call for me to be fired and call for my job. Hey, I, I respect it, bro. I respect the trolling. I, I respect the passion. Uh, you are a slap dick, obviously, but uh, I just respect it, man. I mean, Clemson fans at 2 a.m. are calling us up, leaving voicemails. Business is booming, I guess. Here we go. Let's jump to our next voicemail here. Marshall and Henry, we'd like to know why was our leading rusher at the tight end? Was it just not gaps opening up for a guy like Marshawn Lloyd and Juju? Or what was going on with that, man? We'd love to hear your expert advice. Call me back. Second question. After a disappointing win, if I can call it that, what is your go-to order from Beezers? About to go Rebel Rouser here. Long time listener, first time caller. Shout out to those boys. Mark Thomas, a guy that I went to high school with. Uh, yeah, kind of crazy to think that Jaheim Bell was the team's leading rusher. You know, Shane Beamer did say over the course of the preseason, the offseason, that uh, if they put him at running back, he'd be our best running back, which is a little bit scary. I, I thought Marshawn Lloyd looked great, by the way. Uh, Juju McDowell, we know what he can do. Just simply put, I just don't think they had the holes to run through on a consistent enough basis to – you know, to do anything, um, to do anything substantial. So I, I, I just listen. If Marshawn Lloyd gets some decent blocking, he's going to have a fantastic year for us. He's going to have a fantastic year. Uh, let's see. I'm trying to figure out. Let's see um, which voicemails do we want to go with. I should have highlighted these specifically. Here, we'll jump into this one. Offensive line, offensive line, offensive line, offensive line. That is it. Our special teams saved us. Dude, that that could have been the entire podcast. I mean, that really, truly could have been the entire podcast, and that is the mood, how we are all, how we are all feeling today. Here, let's jump into another one. Hey, Chris. Not much to say tonight, buddy. Uh, shout out to Marshawn Lloyd and Jalen Brooks for making some great plays. Marshawn Lloyd obviously looked explosive and quick tonight. Possibly could have done a lot more, him and uh, Jaheim Bell from the backfield, if our O-line could create some holes. Obviously, they couldn't do that. All right, I don't know. He started clicking buttons, maybe out of frustration. Um, no, listen, hey, back to the O-line, man. That, 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 is, the, that is the theme of all of the conversation. Um yeah, the offensive line, man, just just hard to uh, hard to wrap our brains around for sure. We'll we'll do two more here. We'll do two more. Um, let's see. Here we go. Let's jump into this one. Hi. Uh, yes. Uh, just got done watching the game, and I was wondering why we didn't uh, use Josh's hand as much as we should have, and. Just to my recollection, I don't remember seeing Dakara and Joyner in there as well. I don't know if we're trying to hide our cards, but that being said, um, offensive line looked like it needs a lot of improvement. And Spencer looked good at times, but I was really surprised we didn't see the deep ball. I was wondering if you could comment on any of those um, scenarios. Thank you. Have a good night. 
Yeah, appreciate the question, man. Appreciate the voicemail. Um, first thing on the Josh Van thing, you know, the 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 one that really stands out with him is the drop ball over the middle. And again, I, I don't know if it was just an off night for Josh Van or the matchups weren't there, just what was going on with him. But listen, I, I think Josh Van will be better. Um, just was not his night. Did not play his best football. Um, to carry on Joiner, again, I, I heard he might have had something to do with his calf, but you know, it's just tough with Dak, a positionless player. And then the deep balls. You know, great question, because I thought we went deep. I really did. I thought we went deep, but it felt like it was a lot of low percentage plays down the sideline, and, and uh, you know, I, I just was sitting there. I was like, how is there not something like a deep post or I, – I don't know. I don't know. So, um, it's got to be better. You know, the downfield – we have downfield threats. We got to use them, um, and I'm sure I'm sure that's something – hey, maybe – but I, I love this, by the way. I love this. The whole – the whole – and this is such a thing in football, but the whole like, well, we we didn't show them the whole playbook. We didn't show them our cards. You know, we held back. I literally had a buddy of mine text me. He's going to know who he is when he hears this. And I won't say his name on the air, obviously, but he literally texted me and said, uh, hey, random, do you think, what do you think the chances are that they either weren't supposed to look super impressive or decided to only use a small percentage of the playbook? Weren't supposed to look super impressive. I mean, what a strategy if if that's – like, since when is the plan let's not look good and, and win comfortably and, and, and score a lot of points and, you know, let, let's just, just do enough to just barely win. Like, that is just – if that's our thought process, I, I mean, I, I, the man was too stunned to speak. Like, that's how I feel. All right, let's do one more voicemail. My guy Tim called in, a little bit of a long one. But uh, just bear with us on it. But uh, we'll do this one, then we'll wrap it up. Hey, Chris. Uh, been a while since I've called. It's uh, been following from afar, of course. Uh, just had to call for the first game. Just, uh, you know, the atmosphere looks electric. Looked great on TV. Everything. Uh, fan turnout. Uh, all, all you can ask for and, and to be expected from Game Talk Nation, as they always do their support behind the, the team. But, uh you know, had you told me, or if I had told you that uh, South Carolina was going to win this game by 21, you know, earlier this, earlier last week when you were doing your, you know, early predictions and kind of breakdown, you would have been ecstatic. I would have been ecstatic. It would have been, you know, that, that's exactly what we made. If South Carolina scored 35 points, the offense just came out and, and did what they needed to do. And then you actually watch the game. South Carolina gets two field goals, two block punts for touchdowns had actually one scoring drive in the second half, and, yeah, you saw that. And, honestly, I've never been as discouraged about a 21-point win. Uh, you know, first game, obviously, but a win's a win. So, um, the offensive line, Jesus Christ. Um, I watched play after play of guys getting beat immediately, just getting pushed off the ball, pushed backwards. Um, towards Rattler, and then you, you see plays where we're trying to go wide, and all they need to lead blocker, and the, the lineman can't get there in time before the defenders, you know, tackle Bell or Lloyd or whoever. And it just kept happening over and over and over, and it, it's just like we're gonna have to deal with this all season, partly. So it's 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 got to get fixed. It, it, it's whatever it is, it's got to get corrected. Um, Rattler, I thought Rattler looked pretty good. He had a couple throws. I know he wished he had back. That second pick was was was, was pretty bad. Um, but I don't put it all on him, considering he was he was running for his life a lot of the game. Um, 
you know, I want to give a shout out to Jalen Brooks. I, I felt like this is the guy that was kind of forgotten, you know, with, with Josh Van coming back, Jaheim Bill coming back, obviously getting Juice Wills. And then Jalen Brooks, you know, came back to the team and, and had a good night. That over the shoulder catch on the sideline was fabulous. You know, defensively, we gave up some, gave up some trunk plays and especially early was kind of, kind of, yeah. Uh, but they they settled in, got got a, got some three and outs. They still gave up a couple of big plays, had some had some penalties uh, in the secondary, but they played about how I expected. But special teams, you're bald at the moon. Uh, I know that's got to be good for you, uh, merch wise. I, I need to you know buckle down and get me one of those hoodies. But uh, hey, one and oh, right? It, 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 that, that's the big thing. We're one and oh. Let's, Let's make a big jump from week one to week two. Go to Arkansas and, and let's beat the Hogs. Go Cox. Tim, thank you so much, man. And again, I, guys, I know that was a long voicemail, but Tim has called, I feel like, since like 2019 and just always, uh, always injects a lot of value in the show and perspective. And yeah, man, listen, Tim, I, I talked about it earlier. I echo exactly what you're saying. Um, it was, it's a weird vibe because you, you left Williams Bryce Stadium after a 21 point victory when you feel like you should be ecstatic and overjoyed and you felt with this, this discouraging feeling, which is weird. Um, again, the good news is, hey, you have a lot of questions to answer after a victory, right, versus after a defeat. You always want to be sitting at 1-0 and and say, hey, we've got these questions, but the bottom line is you won the game. So um, I, just, just the offensive line, it comes back to that. I don't know if it's lack of athleticism. The guys just aren't up to snuff. They're just, you know, they're just not very good. The offensive line is just not very good until proven otherwise. And it's here's the problem. It's just so hard to judge this offense, the skill players, any of the talent you have, Spencer Rattler. It is so hard to judge any of these guys when you can't even figure out. I mean, guys, what's the scheme? Like, what do we want our identity to be offensively? Can anybody answer me that question? Because I sure as shit don't know. I don't feel like anybody does. That O-line's just got to get figured out, and it's got to get figured out in a hurry. Guys, appreciate you all tuning in. Thank you all so much. That's going to do it all for me. Hey, stay tuned to the Daily Crow all week long, noon to two. We got our daily guests. And, of course, we will be breaking this thing down, dissecting it, talking more about what happened over the weekend against Georgia State, and also getting ready for kickoff against Arkansas. Of course, the podcast is back Wednesday. Content bleeding out the eyeballs this week. And, again, guys, thank you all so much for the continued love and support. Hey, appreciate y'all for tuning in, man. Thank y'all so much. Have a great rest of your Monday, and we will talk to y'all on Wednesday. Wednesday.